0: Entrepreneur on Fire, Episode 180. Welcome to
1: EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John
0: Dumas. Fire Nation, let's join together and thank our sponsor, LegalZoom. As they make our daily show possible. Support Entrepreneur on Fire and protect your business all at the same time by going to legalzoom.com, finding the right services for you, and entering Fire in the referral box at checkout. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Srini Rao. Srini, are you prepared to ignite? Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Srini is the host and co-founder of Blogcast FM, a podcast on which he interviews bloggers, authors, and entrepreneurs. Since starting in February of 2010, the show has grown to several hundred thousand downloads per month, a global audience, and over 200 five-star ratings in iTunes. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Srini, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then tell us about your business.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, as you said, I started in February 2010. I, in a lot of ways, ended up here accidentally. I didn't have a plan to launch a show where I interview people. Uh, as many people know, it started as a weekly series on my personal blog, The School of Life. Right. Uh, I started this thing called Interviews with Up-and-Coming Bloggers. And after about 13 interviews, one of the guys I interviewed came to me and he said, hey, what do you think about you know spinning this out as a separate site? it'll be a lot more successful that way you know and i had this sort of silly idea that oh i'll interview the most famous people they'll tweet every interview and every interview will go viral really ridiculous <laughs> thinking but i think you know what it what it came down to was sort of a mental shift to say okay you know what here's the key it's about creating value for the people who are listening that matters more than anything and over the course of the last three years, uh, I have been very fortunate to connect with a lot of people like you, um, many really, really interesting guests, uh, also some very well-known people online like Seth Godin, Chris Brogan, Guy Kawasaki. Uh, some of those, those have been some of our recent guests. And as a byproduct, the show has grown significantly. Uh, and I've gotten a world-class education. I always tell people I know more about blogging and online marketing than I ever wanted to in this lifetime.
0: Uh, I love it. And we're going to delve more into that, Srini. And let me just kind of step back for one second and say, over 200 five-star ratings in iTunes, that in and of itself is incredible. Because one thing that I've just noticed so much from talking to other podcasters is how much everybody struggles to get those ratings, to get those reviews, because everybody loves shows on certain levels, but so few people take the time. So that you've had 200 plus five-star ratings and reviews. Congrats. I commend you.
1: Thanks. Thanks. I really appreciate that.
0: So, Srini, we start every show off here at Entrepreneur on Fire with a success quote. We want to get that motivational ball rolling, get everybody pumped up for that content you're going to be sharing with us. So, take it away.
1: All right. So, I will share something from my latest book, The Small Army Strategy. And believe it or not, it's going to be incredibly simple. Give a damn. That's it. I always tell people that's the motto of the book because you know what? I realized that caring about the success of other people is really the key to succeeding in this world. When you are more concerned with impact than anything else, the world opens up to you. And I've noticed that happening in the last several months. Suddenly, my last book uh, has sold exceptionally well because of the fact that I didn't write it to make money. I wrote it for the people who've supported me day in and day out, and I made it incredibly affordable. It's 99 cents. And so really, what it comes (laughs) down to is genuinely caring about people. And that is what I will leave leave you with as far as a success quote. We can talk more about how that's informed kind of my view of the web.
0: Well, let's do that on some level right now, because what I love doing after you give a success quote, which was just a great, insightful success quote in so many levels, how do you actually apply it to your life? Give us an example where you've actually given a damn and it's just really been fruitful.
1: Okay. Well, so, you know, one of the things that I realized is that we live in this world where attention is this incredibly valuable currency, but the, the, the supply and demand of attention are, are really kind of out of whack, right? So true. Um, and here's the thing is that people get really obsessed with getting mass attention. And I can't completely take credit for this. I mean Seth Godin kind of turned me on to this idea. He, you know, he told me mass attention is almost unattainable and it's not clear that you want it necessarily. And, and that really kind of struck a chord with me and what i realized is that if you treasure the attention of the people that are already there and i'll give you some tactical examples of how this can apply something really wonderful happens i mean You know, um, one thing that I do is I email every single person who signs up for my newsletter personally. Like they get our autoresponder, but I actually email every one of them from my personal account to just say thanks. You know, I I really appreciate you supporting the show. I will get online and I'll have just random. If somebody had sent me an email once or twice, they'll be on GChat. I'll chat with people just randomly out of the blue. Like I'll I'll just say, hey, what's up? You know, I, I, I realize we haven't had a chat before, and the thing is that these are not really tactics. This is just the way I am. Uh, th- that's one thing I want to be clear on is that I think that if you try to do these as tactics, yes, you may get somewhere. But when they when you come from a genuine place with th- with this approach, then some really amazing things happen. I mean, I've had you know people set up rent free housing for me in different parts of the world. I've had people send me the most amazing gifts in the mail, and. Really, you know, what it's. I wish I could tell you there is a tactic for caring, but I think it really is a way of showing up in the world and people can sense it. I think that sometimes people forget that just because you're online or behind a computer screen, that people can't feel what you're thinking. You know, people can absolutely feel what you're thinking.
0: So true. And I can tell you as a podcaster, I'll get emails saying, Hey, John, like I love that episode, but were you, how were you feeling the other day? You weren't really exuding that confidence that you normally do. Like, what was going on? Like, people can really get that vibe, get that feeling, especially through words. But even through words on a screen sometimes, it can really get Mm -hmm. this vibe. And it's so important, just as you put it, to give a damn.
1: Yeah. Well, and you brought up voice of all things. And you know, with 95% of communication being nonverbal, I mean, as somebody who does a podcast, you definitely have a very unique relationship with people who listen to your show.
0: True, it's true. I mean, you are literally... Inside the head of a lot of your listeners when they're at the gym and they have their earbuds in, or they're driving to work and they're stuck in traffic, you're coming through all eight car speakers and it's your voice that they're hearing. And it's a really intimate connection that it's hard to replicate with a blog. Mm -hmm. So, Srini, this is about you. This is about your journey as an entrepreneur. And just like every entrepreneur, you've faced failure on a daily basis. Take us back to a time in your journey when you really did fail big or when you were just despaired by this failure this challenge this obstacle that you had to overcome and how did you overcome it?
1: A few years ago we had a sponsor for our show you know it was a, it was you know it was really awesome to have a sponsor and you know they very suddenly pulled the plug on us and it's it's a it was a big hit for sure You're, because it was it was a, a, a you know big chunk of change income wise. And in those moments, you really, you get tested, I think. Those are the moments that really test you of of how bad do you want this? Are you willing to stick with it? And I think that what we tend to do when we get into those moments is we imagine worst case scenarios, right? Worst case scenario. Like you really, you play it out in your head. And I've been thinking a lot about this, especially because, you know, my 35th birthday is coming up and we think Everything is going to be absolutely catastrophic, right? And the funny thing is that our sort of extreme thinking and reality are so far apart from each other that, you know, when you get to that moment, you're like, whoa, okay, look, and, and I'll give you, you know, we'll go back to the idea of the sponsor. I was dreading losing the sponsor the entire time we had them. Like, I, I really thought the day that the, that they decide to drop us is going to be the worst day of my entire life. I'm going to want to shoot myself, Right. And it happened, and I was like, okay, this sucks, but I certainly don't want to shoot myself over it, you know? Uh, So what I will say, you know, uh, about sort of failure is that our imagination is a blessing and a curse. Uh, It's a blessing when we use it for good things. It's a curse when we think of our worst-case scenarios. And, uh, you know, Tony Robbins talks about this, you know, he said, you, you have these worst case scenarios. He said, you're almost better off if the worst case scenario happens to you because you only have to live it once. Right. Whereas if you're thinking about it all the time, you play it on rewind constantly. And this is easier said than done. Uh, You know, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world and I'm not perfect at it, but here's what I will say. I mean, if anybody knows me, they all know I'm an avid surfer and True presence, honestly, is where your ability to deal with failure becomes a lot more powerful. Uh, You know, and and it's funny because I was just writing about this this morning. Like, you know, when you're in front of a computer and you're writing whatever it is, blog post, or or you're you know listening to something. I mean, every detail. Like, if you start to focus on every sensory detail, like the sound of your fingers tapping against the keyboard, the the taste of your coffee, like the you know warmth of all these little things, like the music playing in the background. Strangely, like that is, it's a meditation of sorts, but learning to be present like that is one of the most powerful things you can do, not just for your business, but for your life. And I think that that to me has been instrumental in the ability to sort of deal with failure and realize that it's nowhere near as big a deal as you make it out to be. And, I, you know, it, it's funny. If you think about sort of how this all starts, right, uh, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I started with a really stupid site called 100 Reasons You Should Hire Me, which was nothing more than my resume, the bullet points on my resume on blog form. And I remember when I started it, I was ridiculed by classmates of mine from business school. I got, you know, hate mail from strangers who I'd never <laughs> met on the internet, And, you know, and I thought about that and it was like, okay, the willingness to look foolish and, and, and look at what's come afterward. That was what I call my false start. But what I, the the ridicule and the hate from strangers was a small price to pay for everything that I've experienced afterwards. And I think that, you know, the willingness to fail publicly and look foolish in front of others is something that so few people are like, it's one of those things that We're taught to avoid, yet the people who really, really do well don't have a problem with that. Right. So true. So I I don't know if that answers your question exactly, but...
0: It answers my question in a lot of different ways. And one thing I really want to pull out from this is you said not dreading the worst case scenario is easier said than done. And those words are so true because one thing that we all do need to realize is that it does go back to our innate feeling to that survival of the fittest that we were born with from back in the caveman days when we literally had to worry about the worst case scenario, because if we didn't, we would die. And we're obviously in a different time now where the worst case scenario is just not going to be that bad, but our mind still likes to just give us that adrenaline rush of fear and of panic. And it's those that can really control it and use it to be positive that really end up propelling themselves forward. So Srini, take us to that time when you actually got that call from that sponsor. What were your actions after that that pulled you out of that panic?
1: So, you know, fear and panic, will. there are two ways to deal with it. Some people let it destroy them. For others, it lights a fire under their ass. Mm -hmm. I probably fall into latter camp. Uh, The first time I found out a sponsor was never going to pay us you know, I went on this just sort of rampage of calls and that's how I landed my first legitimate sponsor. The one that ended up dropping us later on. I mean, so, so here's, here's, it, it's funny, right? It, it, realizing your worst fear, Conan talked about this in his sort of departure from the tonight show. He said, you know, realizing your worst fear often can be very liberating. All of a sudden to me, I was like, okay, great. The thing that, I have been freaked out about and the thing that has been holding you back is no longer there and I realized all of a sudden yes okay this is this is not the ideal scenario but now I can do whatever I want I don't have to answer to anybody and I that really was was the 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 turning point of saying okay you know what Now we're going to do lots of things differently. We, what did you, you know, here's the important thing about something like that. Look at what we learned, what you learned from it. We learned one very valuable lesson, which was never to do month to month contracts. It was just plain stupid. Uh, But I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a first time entrepreneur. I didn't know that. And I, I, I didn't realize that locking people into a year would have been a smart way to do things. And so, you know, we, we made a point going forward we also raised our prices to deal with the ups and downs. And it, it was scary you know, like I said, I I, don't get me wrong. I mean, I was terrified to lose that much of my income all at once, but it definitely lights a fire under your ass because then here's, 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 I'll give you the one simple answer to, uh, a scenario. Like this is what I say is one question that will change your life in every situation. Not what can I learn from this, but what's possible here? Wow. Because that's actually, you know, it's funny when you ask that question, a world just opens up to you that you haven't thought about before. So true. And and so few people ask that question because that question, like there's so many open ideas to that as opposed to sort of, that question basically frees you of limitations, I guess is the way to put it.
0: I love that. And Shireen, we could keep talking about this because man, you just have so many great insights and you use so many relevant examples that people can relate and resonate with. I'm just fiercely typing away. I'm going to have to go and silence out my side of this interview after we talk, but let's move on to the next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum from failure, but it's really just a continuation on because that's uh-huh. the aha moment. You share with us some great aha moments that you've had because of failure, because of panic, because of fear and obstacles, but share with us another aha moment that you've had where the light bulb just went on, the clouds parted, the sun just shined through, and you said, wow. Wow this is going to resonate with my authentic self, with my target audience?
1: Well, you know, we started out by talking about impact. Uh, and, and honestly, this has, believe it or not, come very much in the last few weeks and the process of, of writing, you know, the latest book i am writing, The Small Army Strategy, The way I wrote this book was really sort of a a, a different approach. I mean, a lot of it was based on content that I had already had and worked on in another blog. But one of the things that I was doing throughout the process was sort of putting ideas out into the world and sharing them on Facebook in a very public way. And I started to notice that what was happening is people were really resonating with the ideas. And I thought, wow, what is more important here than anything is impact and it, it's, it's, here's the thing, right? Is that maybe you only have five or 10 people in the audience, but the thing is that, and, and sure, you're not going to make a million dollars off of five or 10 people. You, you may not even make a substantial living off of five or 10 people. But what I found as sort of an aha moment that really kind of opened my eyes is that the ability to make an impact on people or to have an impact on people that's available to all of us. Uh, that is really what what is the most awesome part of this technology I mean like you know with your show on a daily basis somebody's life is being changed because they they are being inspired they're you know getting insights from the best people that they can hear from and what you'll find or at least what I have found with interviewing a lot of these successful people and AJ Leon kind of turned me on to this idea he said hey, I asked me so what is the commonality between all these people and it's not that they want to be internet famous or successful. I mean, that's sort of a byproduct of a lot of the work that they do. It's that their concern is changing lives and that's their motive. And that has been the ultimate light bulb moment for me. It's saying, you know, start with that and kind of fall, build everything from there as opposed to the tactics of, you know, how do you make your list bigger? How do you get more downloads? How do you here's the thing, right? Metrics without context are useless. If you had ten people whose lives you've changed, that's worth way more than a hundred thousand people finding about finding out about you for a fraction of a second.
0: I could not agree more on so many levels. I recently had MJ DeMarco on the show. And as you know, Srini, we do start every show off with a success quote, and his success quote was If you want to make millions, you need to help millions. And for me, that just completely changed my mindset when I heard that because it makes so much sense in the world. And you can really transfer the word help with impact or with what I use, which is inspire. And from that day forward, Entrepreneur on Fire's tagline was inspiring millions because that's truly the goal of Entrepreneur on Fire to inspire millions. And like you said, Every single day, I'm getting emails from people around the world because Entrepreneur on Fire is listened to in over 140 countries that are saying, John, thank you so much for providing this content that I can get for free that I never would have access to otherwise. It's just incredible stuff and I'm really thankful for it. And that's what keeps me going and keeps me progressing forward. And you've been experiencing that for years now. So I can only imagine how drilled that is into your mindset and how much that's impacted you and your decisions. And on that note, Srini, have you had an I've made it moment?
1: In a lot of ways, I think it is sort of a, a mistake to believe that there is an I've made it moment. I'll tell you why. The idea that there is some sort of a finish line really you know, makes no sense to me. Uh, mainly because, here's just a couple things to think about here. One, why, if you really, really love what you do, why would you want to reach a finish line? Uh, two, I don't think anybody who is, really really successful reaches an a, an I've made it moment I think that so so here's the thing, right? Why do entrepreneurs start multiple companies? Why do authors write multiple books? Um, why do all these people online have multiple projects and products? Like They don't stop at one thing. There's no, hey, I've made my millions and now I'm just going to sit around and do nothing.
0: Let me try to answer real quick. Because they fell in love with the impact.
1: Yeah. And so it's not necessarily about finding an I've made it moment in my mind. It's about getting... Here's the thing, right? It's... It, I remember in the Icarus Deception, Seth Godin said after the Kickstarter got funded, there's no celebrating. He, the celebration is the fact that he gets to do the work that he loves, and he got wow. right back to work. And you know, somebody had asked me, you know, when they said, "Okay, well, now that you've interviewed Seth Godin, what are you going to do?" And I said, "I'm going to get back to work, and I'm going to keep interviewing people <laughs> because." There, So, so, you know, it's, I guess that's a strange way to answer the question. Like, so, so no, I don't necessarily think I've had an I've made it moment. And I'm not sure anybody really, I'm not sure anybody really does have one. I mean, I'm sure they have glimpses of it. But to me, usually when they've done it, when they've had that moment, they get back to work so they can have more of them.
0: No, Srini, that was in a way a strange answer, but that's exactly why I asked this question because I always get strange, unique, and different answers from every single entrepreneur, and that's what I love. Although Entrepreneur on Fire runs on a pretty legitimate flow and format, it's the individual that you're interviewing that makes each interview unique and makes the answer to this question unique. So I love your answer on so many levels, but the follow-up to that is, are you enjoying the journey?
1: Yeah, I am. I, I really am, to be honest. I mean that if you're not enjoying the journey, then you're in trouble. You have to learn to enjoy the journey because, God, I mean, it's filled with peaks, <laughs> plateaus, valleys, potholes. I mean, you're going to go. You know, I always say if I wrote a book, it would be titled "The Hell and Back." Um, it just it, the the thing that you have to really deal with is the fact that the journey is filled with uncertainty, and if you don't learn to enjoy the journey, you will be absolutely miserable.
0: Shrini, I could not agree more. And it's just a perfect lead into our next major topic, which is your current business. You have a lot of exciting things going on. You have the small army strategy, the book that's coming out soon. You have just a lot of great things going on at Blogcast FM. Share with us one or two things that are just really exciting you right now.
1: I'm glad you brought up the small army strategy because, strangely, this book has had a level of success that I haven't had with any other self-published books. I mean, it's it's selling anywhere between ten to twelve copies a day, and it's wow. happening. Uh, you know, and that that's after a five straight day free promotion. People are still buying it. Uh, people are blogging about it. People are writing about it. And, you know, it's it's what I call the paradox of success, which I wrote in the book. The, the sad thing is that now it's like, okay, how do you outdo that? You, know, you <laughs> You're like, damn it. Now, you know, it's a blessing and a curse that it's doing well because now you you, you set a standard. You're like, okay, well, I don't want to do anything less than that. But I think what's been exciting is to see that the book is not just selling, but people are truly saying, wow, this is really useful. I mean, probably the greatest compliment I got in a review was that the book was better than Guy Kawasaki's book, Ape. I thought, okay, well, I'm <laughs> sure Guy Kawasaki doesn't appreciate that, but that you know, obviously, like compared to him, I'm basically a nobody. Uh, so that was a really cool moment. Um, it, honestly, that that is probably one of the most exciting things I have going on. Uh, you know, and, and then with Broadcast FM, what is happening? I think, and you're probably seeing some of this yourself, is that we're seeing the byproduct of many, many years of a lot of work. I mean, we've planted seeds for three and a half years, and as a result, we're seeing a lot of growth. Our audience—I mean, you know—even to refer to them as an audience, I feel, is demeaning at this point. You know, it just because they're more than that—the people who really support us—I guess, you they're know, family. really, I would. No, you know what? We'll we'll call them our army. That's a that's <laughs> a, that's a better way Perfect. of saying it. I'd rather call them my small army. Uh, you know, I, I mean, to have the support that you do on a daily basis from uh, such a, a wide variety of people, are and who are, who are so amazing, is is really just. Awesome. And, you know, and and I want to be transparent about the fact that we're not sitting on this gold mine. We, we are having, you know, we're working on growing. I mean, and we've been working. It's not like we're millionaires. I do freelance work to supplement my income. Uh, but we've learned a lot and we've made plenty of mistakes along the way. You know, we've launched things that have failed miserably. Uh, and so it's not all smooth sailing. Now, that being said, you know, it, here's the thing. I always tell people, I'm like, what are you willing to go through to get to where you want to go? Yeah. And like I have an apparently an unusually high threshold for pain and risk. Um, cause you know, at, at, a friend who, one of my old roommates emailed me about joining a startup and I said, well, he, and I said, I'm like, I'm guessing you emailed me because I probably have a higher risk tolerance than anybody, you know, because when I lived with him on a whim, you know, when my hours at my day job got reduced to 10 hours, I just said, Hey, I'm moving to Costa Rica. I, I'm, I have to move out in a month. And he was like, all right, cool. No worries. <laughs> uh, but he emailed me and he, I said, look, I'm like, you know, here's the thing. If you join the startup, now there's opportunity there versus a big company. And he's, you know, he's a video game programmer, but, uh, that's, that's something you got to think about is, is what's your risk threshold and what's your pain threshold? Cause you have to be willing to go through a lot of uncomfortable things. Uh, but as, as far as, as the business goes, it's growing. It's uh, – I mean every day people stumble up on the show and they're like, wow, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, which is awesome. I mean it, it's – not that sliced bread is all that great. I don't even know where that analogy comes from. It's kind of a retarded saying now that I think about it. Uh, but – it's, you know, we, we we really have, I'll tell you from a business standpoint, what we had to really start doing is not think of ourselves as a podcast, but think of ourselves as a media company. Right. And, you know, the podcast being a channel through which we basically share a message with the world.
0: No, that's powerful. And in our pre-interview, one thing I really appreciated and enjoyed was you sharing the trajectory that you've seen your company go through and podcasting and just media in general, because... I'm just really in awe of everything that you've created and your visions for the future. So I'd like to take a minute here and allow you to share with Fire Nation your vision for the future.
1: Well, you know, I think media is going through a very interesting time because it's so disruptive. Mm. And I think that what you'll see is that we will, I think you'll see a convergence of television and the internet, which will happen. But the thing is that right now, you know, we have the ability to produce content audio wise that goes out to millions of people. We can do it video, but I think video is going to be even bigger in a different format. Like the idea of you being able to have a television network, uh, you know, and, and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to produce 10 different shows and I'm going to be a talk show host. That's going to be accessible to all of us. And so you're going to basically see in my mind, sort of a merger of, independent media, people like you and me, and professionally produced media. It has to happen. There's no way. Because we still have a lot to learn from the mainstream media, and they have a lot to learn from us, too, because we're using technology to disrupt things, and uh, we're fragmenting the whole thing. So really, this is why the whole idea of small armies, I think, is going to become more and more important, because the future of building audiences, to me, is not in millions of people, but really, really rabidly loyal groups of people who will support everything you do just because you're you. And that's not an easy place to get to. It takes time. It takes trust. It takes commitment. But that's what I kind of see as the future of the web in general.
0: You're getting me really pumped up to read Small Army Strategies. So that will definitely be linked up in the show notes, entrepreneuronfire.com slash Srini Rao. Let's take a moment and thank our sponsor, LegalZoom, Zoom, Fire Nation. Are you waiting for the perfect time to start your dream business? That time is now. LegalZoom and Entrepreneur on Fire have partnered up to make sure you get started right. Whether you're setting up an LLC, S Corp, sole proprietorship, nonprofit, trademarks or copyrights, LegalZoom takes care of you from start to finish. Their award-winning service was developed by the best legal minds in the country and every business gets personalized attention. One stat I love, Fire Nation, is that 90% of LegalZoom customers would recommend the service to their family. There is a disclaimer to know, guys. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but they can connect you to an attorney and provide self-help services at your specific direction. Let's sum this up. If you're an entrepreneur and want to ensure you are protecting your business, call or visit LegalZoom.com and protect what's yours. Make sure to enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout for additional savings. This takes us to my favorite part of the show, Srini, the lightning rounds. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: So I was forced into this situation uh, because I got out of business school and I couldn't find a job. And... Honestly, but I I think truth is it was always in my blood. What was holding me back is that I was comfortable and that there were always job opportunities to go and work a normal job that was average and ordinary, but paid the bills. And believe it or not, what was comfortable was holding me back.
0: What is the best business advice you've ever received?
1: Wow. That's that's really hard because you know what? I mean, you and I are in very similar situations (laughs) because I've had... 300 people give me their business an advice.
0: overload of amazing business advice i agree
1: <laughs> yeah i would say you know because it's fresh in my mind what aj leon told me about motive and really uh, i'll go back to that he said you know it, it all comes down to motive what your motive is if your motive is helping people you're going to be much more successful
0: what's something that's working for you right now
1: so if we're gonna talk tactics, um, I will say this. One of the things that has been interesting and you know, opening up more things is I have been applying to full-time gigs, but instead of saying I wanna work full-time, just putting myself out there to see what happens, and letting conversations start. And it's at least getting conversations started with potential companies. Because I realize some people, here's the thing, a lot of us have valuable skills, and I think we try to sell to the wrong people. Like, we try to sell to our peers, and our peers, unfortunately, don't have much money. <laughs> so true.
0: Serena, do you have an internet resource, like an Evernote, that you're just in love with, that you can share with our listeners?
1: Well, I do love Evernote. Um, yeah, I. so one of the things that I use that is, essential to my writing is something called Mac Journal. It's a distraction-free writing tool. Uh, I Distraction-free writing tools are fantastic because you don't get caught up in the editing and formatting and all that other nonsense that Word or any of these typical word processing tools add. It literally is a black screen with green text. And so you focus on the writing and nothing else. And I, that's how I do all my writing.
0: If you could recommend one book for Fire Nation, Sereni, what would it be?
1: You know, I just read this book called Life is a Verb by Patty Dye. Every Buddy, who creates content should read that it is absolutely phenomenal it's inspiring it's funny uh it's filled with writing prompts it's one of those things that will really kind of open up your work
0: nice so this next question is my favorite it's kind of tricky so take your time digest it and then come back at us with an answer imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: Strangely, the first place I would go in, and it was odd because I never thought this before, is I would go to Twitter. And instead of trying to build a following I would try to connect with people. I always say make friends, not followers. I, and it's funny because I'm trying to just even imagine this scenario. Uh, <clears throat> now, you know, assuming there are no other people on the planet and the internet is your only connection tool, that means that the connections you form have to be meaningful, uh, which, which goes back to a lot of the conversation we've been having. And I would find 10 people that I found interesting. And here's something that I've learned from all this experience is that one of the mistakes that we make is that we try to focus our attention on get we try to focus our efforts in the online world of on getting the attention of the most influential people, and I think that that is actually a dangerous place to play the game from because you know what they have so many people getting their attention that there's a tier of people who will open up to you you know almost instantly and. Those are the people where you are going to build sort of a true following and true connections. And I've always said that. I always said that emerging talent is the most undervalued asset on the web. And there's less noise to compete with. Uh, It's my sort of make friends, not followers philosophy. So that's kind of how I would approach things As, as far as what I would do with the 500 bucks. If I could find somebody to give half of it to, I would, because here's you know my friend Greg Hartle taught me a valuable lesson. He walked out of his door with ten dollars on a laptop. and instead of saving that ten dollars, he realized that ten dollars was a crutch and it was going to make him less creative. So he gave it to a homeless guy. He bought, he, and he' just give it to him. He bought a homeless guy' socks, and then he figured out what to do from there. And so here's constraints make you really creative is what I've realized. Like you are forced to be really resourceful when you're constrained.
0: Would you buy a surfboard with the other
1: $250? (laughs) If I was near an ocean, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I don't think I'd survive without it.
0: Love it, Srini. And Srini, you've just given us some great actionable advice that will be of huge benefit to our listeners on their journey. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then tell us how we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: A parting piece of guidance, I, I will say, is this. Don't try to copy people or be, you know, look to people for guidance, not gospel. That's something I see far too often in the online world is that we sort of treat people, we we treat their, you know, their word as if it's gospel. I mean, you shouldn't take anybody's word as gospel, not even mine. Uh, So that's one thing I will say. As far as where you can learn more about us, uh, you can find us at blogcastfm.com on our website. You also can find us in iTunes if you do a search for blogcastfm. And uh, there you'll find, m- much like John's show, you'll find over 300 interviews with vloggers, authors, entrepreneurs, just about everybody you could think of. And the other thing I will uh, – so so the, that's basically where you can find me. I'm also extremely accessible and responsive to people. Uh, you can email me at srini at blogcastfm.com. And if you go on Amazon and do a search for Small Army Strategy, you can pick up that book for 99 cents there.
0: Well worth it every penny. Srini, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, I have an incredible opportunity for a select few of you. I have partnered with entrepreneur on fire sensation Woody Woodward and his publishing company. We are bringing together New York Times best selling authors, including Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, Barbara Corcoran, Gary Vaynerchuk, and others, and combining them with entrepreneurs just like you to form a book series titled, Conversations with Visionary Entrepreneurs. This is an amazing opportunity to highlight your business and expertise in a way that will give you a competitive edge and position you as an expert in your chosen field. To find out more and to listen to Woody's and my conversation about the book opportunity, go to entrepreneuronfire.com slash author. That's entrepreneuronfire.com slash author.
1: Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.